Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here. John here. Talking DC United. We are almost here, my friends. We are almost at the beginning. The opening of the Major League Soccer season. DC United playing Colorado next week. We will be live there. Just one thought I'd let you know. We will be live there. Um, as I adjust my audio mics to make sure I'm not blowing you guys out. Uh, John, how you doing? How you been, man? How was your weekend? It was great. It was fantastic. It's a brand new week. I've got professionally at work a week from hell and then another week from hell after that. But in between that, as you said, and we're going to say this numerous times during this episode, I'm going to be doing a podcast live at Audi Field for the home opener. So I can't complain too much. No, you can't. Producer Brian is with us here. We will probably be taking your calls as well. We will want to get your thoughts on the season. How are you feeling? We, we will be your, if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling like we're going to win MLS Cup. I don't think anyone's thinking that right now, but, you know, you never know. You never know. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, I guess let's, let's talk some, uh, before we get into the game. By the way, we had a stream. We had an honest-to-goodness stream to watch the game. Um, honest-to-goodness stream to watch the game. Uh, which was fantastic. And uh, it was uh, geofenced. Uh, geofence. Uh, it was unbelievably geofenced. And uh, what, what do we, John, what do you think about that? What do you think about the uh, the geofencing uh, issue that arose? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it for a, for a team, for a, a league that continues to suffer with really, really poor viewership of its product. It seems very strange to me that they would create artificial barriers to keep people who really want to watch these preseason games. I mean, think about it. Think about the audience of a regular season MLS game. Then think about the audience of a preseason game. Like we're not talking thousands of, we might be talking, I mean like 1500 people, 2000 people. That's what we're thinking. And I just don't, I just don't get it. It doesn't save them money from a bandwidth perspective. I don't think really it's just, it, it seems silly. It, don't don't hide your product. So so here's some here's some things I've sort of thought about. This league is trying to figure out how to get people interested in watching FC Cincinnati versus Nashville. Let's say I'm going to assume those teams are going to be bad this year. <laughs> good um, assumption, Ted. Good, good assumption. assumption. Uh, but in uh, but in uh, in uh, in MLS, you know, they in the NFL in other places, NBA, you know, there's fantasy, which is really big. I'm doing a MLS. Uh, I've started a draft fantasy league that I do every year. Um, shout out to my people making picks. Um, I think I might be up, so hopefully I get an excuse um, that I'm doing a podcast. We do kind of a we don't do like a time draft. I'm not going to be like trying to draft and do the show at the same time. We do kind of like a slow draft because uh, it was too crazy to figure out. But anyway, um, you know, but you know, stuff like that can you know preseason games and things like that can you know be a draw into getting people to see how your players are doing and get people interested in playing fantasy or saying, hey, this guy looks really good. I might take him, you know, my fantasy team. It's what happens in the NFL too. So it doesn't make sense to me that they are, they are, and this is, this is league wide. This wasn't just for DC. This was league wide. I don't know if there was some sort of mandate. I would love somebody, you know, next time there's like a Q and a that, you know, Pablo Maurer does or somebody else does. I might ask them the question as to as to if they know why this is going. Sometimes a lot of journalists hear stuff and they don't tweet it out. But I'd be curious to know why this was suddenly something that the MLS said, no, we need to make sure only local fans. If it's a coaching thing, then honestly be a better coach is my, is my answer to that. Um, if you want to be really super secretive, uh, then, you know, and you, you, you can't come up with another scheme if someone figures it out, then you need to be a better coach. That, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I, I think that I, I don't think that this is about schemes. I, there has to be something else stupid going on. 
I don't know what it is. I, I know that when we were on Total MLS uh, a week ago, that's a plug. Go listen to that podcast. We've shared it, I think, on our Instagram page and maybe on Twitter. I think we did on Twitter also. Um, but there was sort of speculation on why that might be. And one of the one of the other hosts were saying that potentially it was because of, you know, keeping your keeping your 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 <laughs> your system secret. I, I don't think that's it. I think there's got to be some sort of usually it's money. Usually it's being cheap or money is the general reason why. But uh, what's the I mean, what's the what's the cheap? What's the cheapness about it? You're going to put a stream out there on the Internet. People are going to watch. It actually, it wasn't that hard to get around the yeah. the geofence. Um, I looked online and I downloaded a thing that could dupe my where my location was, and I put myself right in Washington D.C. and watched the game. <sighs> you know what? You know, it, 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 if it, it, it's a free service, a free stream they provided, and I'm going to be nonchalant about that. That I disagree with the idea that this should be geofenced at all. Um, I'm not sure. I believe information should be free. Yes, exactly, exactly, um, and develop a better system. If you, if if it's that easy to do it, I just downloaded an app on my phone. It's that easy to do it? Then you know, try harder. Um, apparently, uh, a quick a quick uh, sidebar. Apparently, the um, the team is looking at a a live online option to watch games on their website. Oh wow! Yeah, so that came out of that came out of the Screaming Eagles um, front office uh, yearly meeting. Um, there were a couple good tidbits, and if you're on Reddit, you can read them. Um, I, I won't get into all of them, but the one that was a, a big note to me was they're looking at a way to stream the game for free on the website. So that's great. That's I, you could not ask for anything more. Now, if if that's true, if that's actually going to happen, it's going to happen by the first game. Then no one can complain about the TV deal. Because I mean, that was my that was my question, kind of coming into this. Is you know, Sinclair does have a stadium network. They have a network where you can stream games. Mm-hmm. And my question was, okay, you know, maybe that's a place you put you put these games, you know, and and you are able to sort of tap into that over the air market. Um, if DC has that, then awesome, that's great for fans. Um, I I am I am preparing for the idea that I'm going to be watching these games on ESPN Plus. Um, it hasn't been confirmed whether a network in Richmond. That you last uh, last time around, it was my network TV, um, and I bought a thing to get over the air TV to get that channel in preparation for this. But if I got to watch it on ESPN plus, you know, that that's cool too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but that'd be a great option. If, if that's available, um, that's a really, really good option for fans and a re- and a recognition that this organ, I mean, this, this organization, I think if we think back like two years ago when like all the stuff, bad stuff was happening, you know, we're entering this opening season and I think even the most hardened critics, the most hardened people who are like the front office is terrible, Nothing's nothing's going right. The most hardened critics of this team are actually like, you know what? Things are fine. Like things things are getting better. This is this is this is what we want. They put out a tweet saying, "Oh, we have this song that we're going to uh, play." I think during goals. I think it was. You were all over that. I, I kind of ignored that, but yes. And they said, well, "We heard you." For, uh, you know what? With all the internet controversy you had last week, I think probably good for you to sit that one out and let me take the arrows. <laughs> That's fine. I have no idea what you're talking about, John. No yeah. idea. No, me neither. But yeah, so the uh, uh, we also got confirmation from somebody who was actually at uh, Tim 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 Flesh was at the uh, at the at the hearing at the hearing at the event and said that that is exactly what uh, Andy Bush told uh, the attendees. So that's that's great news, fantastic mm-hmm. news. And like, I don't need to get into, but basically, short, short story, long story short, basically, uh, the team was asking fans what song they wanted um, to be played after goals. And they gave four songs. One of them was Chuck Brown, so that was the correct answer. <laughs> um, but 
people were very upset about the fact that that they were trying to people thought it was similar to the hype man the faded hype man uh those of you who are very new to dc united do not know. and also i mean he was there for a minute and gone so you you might blink and you might i have heard about it. that i wasn't at the home game but i heard about it blink and you might have missed it so uh, was that the was that last season or the season before they had uh, that was the op- was it the, the opener it was the it? opener it was the opener of of 2018 it was so they had they employed a hype man um to if you if you've been to a nats park and, and remember clint or any of the people who whose job it is basically to like do a lot of dialogue on 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 screen and on the microphone to get people engaged and he was sort of like walking around like manually trying to whip the crowd up into a frenzy uh it did not go over well he lasted one game not his fault that was his job but the team definitely heard the feedback on that one and pulled him so this time they they said that what, what about this song we should do this we should do one of these four songs um i think this a lot of people got upset the supporters groups were like I mean, we, it's kind of our thing, but also you were doing it last year and we didn't notice and we don't really care because we are in the section and only hear ourselves. So, which I thought was, I thought that was, a, I, I appreciated that, that style of answer from them because they were like, this is, we get mad about stuff. <laughs> let's, let's keep our powder dry and the stuff that doesn't affect us at all. And that was that. But anyway, they listened to the people who were really mad about it and now there will be no music, which is fine. I, I think that's fine too. I would like them to play songs after we win. And I would like to be Jeff Brown. I'm on record as being pro Jeff Brown at all times. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's good that they went and they listened to the uh, they listened to the fans and they said uh, they said you know what you know this isn't working and and this is something I don't think we would uh what uh what we would have seen for from this team. Um, so I, that's good to see. That's good to see um, for sure. Um, we and, got some uh, com- we got some hot comments about the TV deal. I want to make sure we get into. Okay, uh, go ahead. As we go, and we are going to uh, talk about the game. By the way, I will talk yeah. about the game. It'll get a, it'll, as you can see here at the bottom of the screen, uh, we prepared for this. There's a there's some stuff going on here, uh, but uh, I don't want to get the name wrong. Farzan Lionel, that's probably not right. Uh, said, "I'm optimistic about the club on the field product. Who knows? But off the field, I'm jazzed. I've actually heard that a lot from people. Um, that sort of like you know instant responsiveness from the team and sort of changing course and not just saying, this is what we decided in a meeting, so we're going to do it." Um, that is encouraging. I mean, there are there's a a recent history of the team not doing that, so that's good. Uh, and and to sort of take us down a notch on the optimism scale, uh, M M Rickling said DC United is not getting paid for its TV rights and is picking up part of the production costs again. This hasn't gotten better yet. Maybe true. I, from my perspective, the only goal with the TV deal was to get it on the air and not and and to have an option where there doesn't cost their fans money. They know very much that right now they are. Uh, it is a I don't know if you say, a, I don't know if it's a buyer's or seller's market, but basically like there aren't enough fans and there are too many good things to watch on TV and they're trying to win back mindshare. So they'll, they'll, it's a loss leader for them to get the, to have to pay fees and get on the air. Cause they need fans again. They need people to watch the, it. And let's be clear. And let's be clear. So they are currently, they, as you well know, MLS is taking over local and national rights. It's, it's not official yet. But it is probably happening. Um, so I, you know, I think what the team is saying, you know, the team doesn't really have. There's not a, you know, we we can sign this deal and then hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens and maybe things grow. This is a we need to get this we need to get this crap on for two years, and then you know and and figure out a way to do it and just kind of and kind of roll from there. So, um, you know, I I, I don't I. 
I understand their predicament right now. It's pretty obvious what their predicament is. Um, so uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk the game real quick. I want to. I want to talk about what's what's down here as I look over. Um, so the stream was the stream was there. Uh, it was the first preseason game we got to see. One thing I one thing I will take away from this game. Obviously, DC won three to one. Good to see against a Philly team that was really good, and we did not play well against Philadelphia. So preseason, you know, you kind of take what you can get. Uh, but you know, good to see the team playing well. I thought the most interesting thing about this game, and what I'll bring in is last preseason. I remember we all were kind of talking like we, we all watched these games, and we're like, DC's playing kind of a possession style, slow build up. I mean, this is not what was successful in the last part of 2018. This was a quick style selective press you know hit at you with odd man and you know odd man rushes as to use a hockey term um and 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 score goals um and that was not a style we saw and i kind of had in the back of my, i was like, okay well wayne rooney's there you know wayne rooney's a little slower you know he's not gonna he's probably like i can do this for half a season but there's no way i can do this for a full season so that might have been what they were looking at um that might have been what they what they were looking to do so to speak um so basically what I, uh, what I, what I think, so what I think, I think that's kind of what was going on with the team. Um, and with the, uh, uh, and so I, I kind of think Wayne Rooney was kind of like in a sense of like, you know, I need to do this. And he was maybe dictating things a little bit. What we saw this, this game was this team playing kind of a similar style to 2018. Get the ball, move it quickly. You know, they, they're not going to play a full press. You're not going to see this team do a KC, you know, three men, you know, forwards attacking, everybody pressing. They're going to put pressure on you and they're going to force, they're going to wait for your mistake. And then as soon as you make a bad pass, give up the ball, do something like that, they're going to attack you. They're going to absolutely throw everything they can at you and they're going to score goals. And that's what we saw in the first goal. They won the ball in the field and they just got it forward. And they have the players, Edison Flores, Ulysses Segura, I'll throw in there as well, Julian Gressel, and Ola Kamara to make that happen. That's not going to happen with Wayne Rooney out in the field, certainly not for 90 minutes. So I left that game. You know, obviously, we got the news about Paul Ariola. His surgery apparently was completed today. Um, No extra damage. He's in recovery. He's done for the year, um, which is really, really sad and and certainly sad for him. Um, But predictable. What's that? Said, but predictable after after the, the. it, the worst that it could have been, I guess, was avoided. There was concern that maybe the meniscus was torn or, or the MCL was torn. Just ACL, still nine months. Um, still, 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 we'll see him next year. But um, overall, overall, after basically any time you hear partially torn ACL, expect that amount of time. And any time that any, it seems like there's like a ninety-eight percent hit rate on trainers being like, uh. I think it might be your ACL when yeah. it is in fact your ACL. It's, they seem to be very good at figuring that out. And you know the other the other thing about this is I saw a lot of fatalism, I guess, amongst certain fans about whether he'll be back this year. John, I, I want to see. I tend to I, I paint very rosy pictures in my head about the future of this team. And oh yeah, he'll be back. Don't worry about it. Do you think Paul Ariola will be back next season? Yeah, yeah. I think they'll figure out a contract. The thing you have to think about is DC values him very much. And I think what they do is they hear, you know, here's your contract. You know what? We'll give you an increase, certain percentage. Might not be as much as it was, you know, if if we were looking at we were talking about you being healthy this season, but we're gonna give you an increase. We're gonna show that we care about you. No other club is gonna take that chance. You don't know how he's gonna fit in your system, how it's gonna react, you know, everything. That's a much and not not to mention the the ACL tear. I think he looks at it as I'm comfortable here. 
I'm valued here. I'm good here. I'm going to stay here. They're going to give me a couple seasons. And if anything, it you know, it's a horrible situation. It does work out a little, maybe a little bit for DC because there was talks maybe he might walk. Uh, this might have been another Lucho situation. So I think they get him on a deal. Um, you know, obviously, I want him healthy this season. Our our chances of making doing making a lot of noise were severely severely hurt um, this year, and uh, I, I hope he's back in his future, and I hope he I hope he's back to himself. And this team is looking at you know, and I think they're also they also got to look. You know, we signed Edson Flores for four years. We got Julian Gressel for four years, seven hundred thousand dollars. Congrats to him. There's a lot of future talent. It may not be this year. We might be another you know postseason team. One went out. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see how the season starts to kind of build as to what my expectations are. Because um, right now, I if you had to give me a prediction right now, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. You wrong? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, otherwise, uh, I thought DC played well. It gave me some hope for the future, I guess you could say, um, that this maybe the season won't be as bad. Assad came in in the second half, um, looked pretty good. Uh, there, there's a lot. Your boy, got, your boy got two goals. Mr. Mr. Thinks he's going to score. I think 18. Oh, heck yes. I'm still on the so, Ola Kamara board. So he, he's, he's, uh, he's filling it. He's filling the net so far in, in the, in this first game here. Also like first opportunity to play with a real first choice lineup mm-hmm. pretty much all the way through in the first half. So, yeah. um, from that perspective, that's the, I think that was the best case scenario. You know, we haven't seen any of these games. We've won a few of them. I don't really even care because I haven't seen them, so they may as well not have happened. I know that we won a few of them. Uh, Finished but... uh, three wins, two losses, and one draw. So oh, that, no, that was our postseason all. record. So um, the opportunity for them to play their first-choice lineup against an MLS team and score three is good. That's like the best. That's a, Nobody got hurt. Best best outcome of the of the last preseason game and, and gives you some hope. Um, you know, gives you some a chance to feel positive about how this season could go if everything sort of, you know, hits right. And that's what we want to have happen. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, I guess to the stream, I was very, very glad that the stream, um, that the stream was not, uh, it was like opening stream, you look like you were watching, like, it basically, like, like, imagine, like, if you sit in the stadium and just turn binoculars around and then look through them and try to watch a soccer game, that's kind of what it felt like when you're watching that stream. And then, like, I thought, oh, God, this is going to be, like, the longest time. And then, finally, I don't know if, like, the guy went to the bathroom and then came back and was like, oh, crap, the game's starting. Let me actually, like, move the, the, the spider camera around and actually make it, you know, look like something. Um but uh but yeah so that so that was fixed thankfully um and it it was fine it was a fine it was perfectly fine please dc don't do just one game um and uh yeah we got a game now we have actual real life mls that we can actually watch coming tomorrow i am i am i am so excited not just to watch dc i'm so excited to watch the rest of the league like i i basically told my wife like i'm getting back sunday and like i'm just sitting on my couch all day because i got games from like 12 to 8 or 10 o'clock or something like that. I might get up and like, you know, grab food at some point. Maybe, maybe. It is a it is a day of it is a day of celebration. Is it is it a high is a high holy day of MLS nerds is to uh get that first day in. Uh you know, or or we're, we're feeling we're feeling good. If we're feeling as good as we can feel, provided no one else gets hurt, we're feeling we're feeling pretty good. Yeah. I think so too. And I you know, I think I think, you know, the stadium obviously a lot what's going around the stadium is uh is good um and and i think it certainly is going to be a 
it certainly is going to be a very different field to Audi Field. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm hopeful I get a chance to really walk around and really get to see kind of the things they've done to sort of make it feel like this is DC United's home. That's what a lot of people talked about, and I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to experiencing it. Um, so uh, I know a lot. A lot of people have been saying a lot of people have been hitting us up on Twitter. A lot of season ticket holders and uh, and everything like that. So um, by the way, we have a special guest on the line. Uh, we now have uh, Matt Pollard from the uh, from holding the high line to talk a little bit of Colorado Rapids. Matt, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Not much, man. Good to see you again. You were our Colorado expert last time, so you are definitely here again. Uh, give us, give us, because honestly, man, I, I gotta admit, like you know, a lot of other teams out there being exciting, breaking transfer records. Th- did you all break a transfer record this year? Um, as far as we know, the Rapids have not broken a transfer record. There was no immediate loan fee for Eunice Nomley, the player who they got um, as the number 10. And we officially haven't gotten any word on Brian Galvan, the uh, young Argentine um, attacking midfielder who will be coming in the summer. So probably not a, a record in terms of a transfer fee. But when we get the salary numbers out here later this spring, I think there's a very good possibility that Eunice Nomley is the highest paid field player in major or in Colorado Rapids history. I don't think he'll be at the 2.5 that tim howard was last year though so i'm gonna be honest with you matt i i i got on the uh i got on the i got on look at the schedule schedule came out i said who are you playing first i said we're playing colorado and i did a little dance i was like oh god goodness we're great we're 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 playing colorado um and uh and uh and i so i was a little bit excited how are you feeling about your team do you do i have any reason do should i be worried Should, should my dance have been a little not not as joyful are you are you feeling positive i think most people in the rapids community are feeling pretty positive about the team going into 2020 when you just compare what this team had um you know under anthony hudson and then even before that (laughs) in the final year of pablo mastroeni and i think certainly there's a lot of confidence in terms of what the rapids have done under porrick smith i'll say you know ironically probably in the weeks immediately after this fixture last year with the acquisitions of lala sabubakar and then jonathan lewis and then obviously everything that they've done since then going away from anthony hudson i think most fans you know if uh you know if robin frazier was a a politician since i'm on a dc podcast i would say (laughs) amongst the Rapids community he's upper 80th percentile and I think anybody in Congress or certainly in the executive branch would be happy to be in that situation right now so I think um, the Rapids overall are very confident about the 2020 season it is the opening game of the season it will be on the road it'll be an early afternoon game and pending we're not sure whether or not right now with the weather and everything if the team is staying in California to finish out the rest of their preseason so there's a very decent possibility that the Rapids are rolling into Audi field without their hashtag strength at altitude that puts them in a position to, you know, be a little bit stronger come that 80th minute at sea level. Oh man. Did you get the really long, like hashtag or whatever? Like the, the, the really long one we got like unite the district. And then they actually did a cool thing and they did like Spanish and they did vamos United. So did you all get the, did you all get hit with like the, you got to figure out like what you're going to do when you like boast content and stuff like that? Uh, so the really simple one that everybody just uses is hashtag Rapids96. That's pretty solid that most people use. Oh, some of the stuff that the club puts out with their content, they use hashtag Elevate. I rarely use that from a holding the high line or last word on soccer standpoint. That's mostly one that the club uses to say that the club is elevating. Um, they use that um, for the Tim Howard documentary that they did last year. But Strength at Altitude is mostly a home game specific one that we talk about. Um, so obviously that won't be a factor as the Rapids will be on the road this coming 
coming Saturday. I, I want to get a sense of, uh, of of one of the probably one of the most well known players you have on your team right now. I know you talked a lot about the guys you brought in, but uh, Kai Kamara. Um, mm-hmm. He's been a longtime player for you all, uh, at least for a couple of years, and certainly uh, most people in MLS have probably had him on had him on their team at some point. What are you expecting from him this season? What what is his expected goals that you think he needs to reach for this team to have success? Um, I think I, honestly, if I'm being, you know, I think it's a really curious question whether or not Kai Kamara is going to be the out and out starter for this team this year, just with everything that Robin Frazier has been doing. Obviously they're coming in and it's probably, you know, going to be a four, three, three, most of the season. I'm a little skeptical whether or not that's going to happen in the home opener being, it's going to be against a new team like DC with all the different attacking pieces that they have and not really sure what they're going to look like. Robin Frazier might go a little bit more conservative and I wouldn't be we we might see a little bit of Benny Ball versus a form of Benny Ball in the form <laughs> of you know two counter-attacking 4-4-2 formations but overall Kai's been fantastic with this club I think all the issues and maybe the reputation that he had built up and what led to his departure from Columbus or even his time in New England Revolution and to a certain extent the Vancouver Whitecaps. I haven't seen or heard anything of that from either interacting with him or any of the other players or anything. He's been a consummate professional. He's really, really happy here. He seems to be happy with the players that he's around him. There's a decent African um, populace within the team as well with Lalas Abubakar. They were really, really good buddies off the field and everything. And so Kai seems to be happy here. The fans are... um, the fans seem to be happy with him and his family seems to be happy. So I think whatever lessons were learned in the departure from Columbus a couple of years ago with um, Federico Higuain and the PK haven't really been a problem in terms of a locker room character standpoint. I think right now is what's Kai doing from a physical standpoint as somebody who's just 35 years old and the reality is father time is undefeated. I do think he'll start be the starter at the beginning of the season, but we could see some competition between him and Diego Rubio, who the Rapids brought in last season from Sporting Kansas City. And if there's any fitness or physicality issues with Kai just because of his age. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rapids go along with Diego Rubio. But the thing that I've been saying and my co-host, Mark Goodman, a uh, soccer rabbi who's been pretty consistent on is we need a combined, the Rapids need a combined 20 goals between Kai Kamara and Diego Rubio. So I would say, uh, you know, we might see a little bit of Rubio on the wing, but if those two, whether it's eight and 12 or, you know, with a couple of assists banged in, that's the level of production we need from the center forwards. But I think the, the Rapids in the 4-3-3 are going to have some very, very, very active wingers on this team. Nicholas Benizé, who they brought in from Toronto FC. I think Sam Nicholson, who was with the club last year, is good for five goals. So I would say that front three certainly has to be very, very present, even if not necessarily necessarily the guy playing at center forward is banging in all the goals, like, say, Anola Kamara, for example. So I think I asked you, this is John, I think I asked you about this last year. Uh, I, have a, I have a love affair of Jonathan Lewis. Uh, yes. What, what what tell me about tell me about his opportunities this year uh, and sort of uh, sort of give her a summary of, of, of how he fared last year, how often his problem in New York City FC was a lack of consistent game time. I didn't follow Colorado that closely, but I believe that may have also followed him to Colorado. What's what's the am, am I right or wrong? And what's the prediction for this year for how he fares in the team? 
Yeah, Jonathan Lewis was a fantastic addition at the end of last season, uh, or uh, excuse me, at the end of the primaries transfer window. So, you know, right around, I think, middle last game of May. So a couple weeks before uh, these two teams played at Dick's last year. Um, and he was an absolutely fantastic addition. You know, probably the fastest guy on the team. I don't think he beat the beep test because of endurance. But if we're just doing 40-yard dash, you know, it's probably Jonathan Lewis and Sam Nicholson are neck and neck for that first spot on the team. And he was an absolute terror on their under the counterattack. Um, when they had him out on the wing under Connor Casey, he was absolutely lethal. He had two goals in um, Tim Howard's final game in New Jersey at Red Bull Arena that I'm sure you two will be happy about getting a 2-0 victory. Tim Howard gets the clean sheet as the starter in goal. And then Jonathan Lewis had a brace, you know, from the wing position. So I'd have to look back on his stats, but I think he got close to, you know, 800, 900 minutes. Last season, banged in a couple of goals, a couple very, very good assists. And he was a key attacking piece, not as big as Kai Kamara or Diego Rubio, certainly, but certainly one of those very good secondary additions Um, in terms of what this season looks like I'm a little bit I think there's going to be a lot of healthy competition at the wing position you have Nicholas Benize you have Jonathan Lewis Andre Shinyashiki and Diego Rubio who are both capable of playing the center forward position are both capable of playing out wing I think there's a good possibility this season overall that Jonathan Lewis is a secondary substitute, that he's a guy off the bench to be a super sub for 20 or 30 minutes, especially at home when the opponent who isn't conditioned to altitude is, you know, uh, really heavy in their legs. And Jonathan Lewis's job is to just absolutely burn people on the wing. Um, I think the concern right now for him is maybe uh, a little bit on the consistency side in the attack. And he did not track back a whole lot last season defensively. And I did hear from a couple of people that that was something that the national team wanted him to work on he was part of the group that was traveling around for the gold cup last year but he didn't get any playing time and he was a part of january camp along with um uh, Sam Vines, who started for the Rapids, um in the January camp game for the U.S. national team against Costa Rica. Jonathan Lewis came off the bench, maybe 18 minutes. You couldn't really see much of it, but or um, I didn't see much in terms of being impressed or unimpressed with Jonathan Lewis. Granted, it was January camp, but I, I think he's probably right around the same amount of time in terms of playing time, but I think he'll be that first attacking sub 65th, 70th minute overall for the season. I think, you know, anywhere from, you know, let's say three goals and five assists is probably good for him, but I think we need to see a little bit more consistency. I think he will be challenged in training from some of the more veteran wingers. And we have to see him be a little bit more involved in the build-up play. Whereas last season, his job was basically to just spread out wide, get the ball, and go directly at goal. I don't know that that's going to be an effective use of him, nor a proper assignment for him in the 4-3-3 this season for the Pits. I look forward to our 2021 Jonathan Lewis report. Uh, <laughs> um so a transition to a, 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 a I don't want to say face of the franchise. Certainly that's an overblowing it, but at least, at least the, the player, everyone who didn't follow the Rapids knew was on the Colorado Rapids last year, Tim Howard retiring. Uh, I assume this paves the way for Clint Irwin to be your first choice keeper. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Everything that I've heard from the front office, and I was very active about asking people about that. Clint Irwin was a starter um, for a time all the way up through the first MLS Cup appearance. So that would have been the PK loss to Seattle in Toronto um, when Robin Frazier was the assistant coach there. He had a very, very good rapport with him at the time. The Rapids via free agency brought in Drew Moore, who's expected to maybe challenge for that right center back role this season. Um, you know, obviously knew him and spoke very well of his time in Toronto. And Clint Irwin got his start here. Um, and Chris Sharpie, the goalkeeper coach who worked with Tim Howard, um, worked with um, 
Clint Irwin. Uh, uh, Sharpie had been appointed the goalkeeper coach in 2014, and then Clint Irwin showed up just a couple months ago. So um, this is a goalkeeper who everybody in the organization is very, very familiar with and absolutely has confidence in. You know, Andre Rawls is going to be the backup. And just this past uh, yesterday or two days ago, um, Abraham Rodriguez, 19-year-old goalkeeper out of the um, Development Academy, spent all of last season on a USL contract with Colorado Springs, was signed to an MLS deal. He's the goalkeeper of the future, but that's four or five years away, and he was immediately loaned back down to the Springs. But yeah, it'll be Clint Irwin in goal, and everyone I've spoken to has confidence in in him, even though you know he didn't make you know 17 saves against Belgium in a World Cup knockout game. I I, I guess one one question I have: How scared should we be that Anthony Hudson is the USU 20 coach? What what on a scale of one to (laughs) ten? Oh man, I don't. It's um, I I think the I, I think the the snark that you saw from the comment sections and on Twitter was a little bit overblown as it was from social media. I do think the concern and just that being kind of an indication of, well, if this is the guy you went with, how many other people did you have to interview or did you offer the job and say no to it, said no, brings about a certain level of concern. Um, I think uh, Hudson certainly took some time to meditate on the mistakes that he made with the Rapids and understand some things that were that he did wrong and things that he could have done a little bit better. I will say that if you go back to just his career on a whole, not necessarily at the club level, you know, he did have some success with Bahrain, the U23 team and the first team. Granted, that was, you know, Bahrain and where they're competing in the Middle East is very different from you know, the USU 20s who are expecting to compete in CONCACAF, potentially do something, you know, in an underage World Cup. And if nothing else, you know, that's a breeding ground for, you know, the next group of guys to get called up in in January or for a Gold Cup for Greg Berhalter. But, you know, he did a really good job of getting young, underappreciated talent punching above its weight in major international tournaments. Everybody seems to forget he was the, um, you know, the head coach of New Zealand in 2010, and they were the only team in that tournament to not suffer a loss in the entire tournament. Granted, it was uh, two nil-nil draws in the group stage and then one and then a single one-one draw in the group stage. And then they finished third in the group with three points, three draws and everything. So I think the the concerns are valid. I think the fact that he's coaching in a, national team setup rather than a club coaching standpoint is a little bit better but I'm that's something that I'm going to be noticing very very carefully and I think certainly myself and other members of the media are going to at some point find some tactful way of asking Cole Bassett after his next U20 call up how things are going as someone who kind of (laughs) saw how things burnt down with him from the club side and then also seeing him from the U20 side. Cool. You gave me. Uh, you made me feel pretty much about the same about how I feel okay. about this. But no, it's good. It's good to hear. It's good to hear a little bit, I guess, about how he can. You know, I I am willing to let it give him the benefit of the doubt. Coaching young players is very different from coaching full time professionals. Um, I I want to say um, one of the coaches from Philly, I think, burnt out, and I thought he did a pretty okay job coaching the youth national team. Uh, coaching like a uh, a. Um, I don't know if it's USL team or a youth team. I can't really remember. So it is different. It's very, very different. Um, so I'm willing to give him the benefit benefit of the doubt, certainly on that. Uh, turning back to the game on Saturday, uh, give me, give us your prediction for the game. What what are what are things what are things you're going to be looking for? 
Um, well, I think the, the first couple of things that I'm going to be looking for, certainly from a rapid standpoint, is who's actually starting at the center back roles. Obviously, the two big acquisitions, in addition to Drew Moore, um, this offseason were Lawless Abubakar, where they made that transfer, um, you know, permanent from the loan deal with uh, Columbus Crew. And then kind of out of nowhere, they acquired Austin Trusty for, I thought, you know, was a pretty reasonable, maybe slightly underbid price on him. So, uh, you know, obviously, this will just be the first game. And, you know, maybe this will be one of many experiments that Robin Frazier is doing as the team gets back to Colorado, gets set in for the whole season, gets fully fit at altitude and everything. But who's starting at center back, even more so than the game itself, could be a tell for me how the rest of the season's going to go, whether it's Abubakar, whether it's um, Court Ford, not Court Ford, excuse me, whether it's Drew Moore or um, Austin Trusty. Court Ford's still on the men, but I have heard that he'll be ready at some point this season, but he hasn't been. He's been in all rehab this offseason. Um and preseason. Um, and then also who's starting up top from an attacking standpoint? Do we see a Rapids debut for Nicholas Benize, who was with Toronto last year? Do we see a uh, MLS debut for Eunice Namli, the DP number 10, to be brought in? I'm really curious to see just what new Rapids players start on Saturday and then what roles are they assigned in from a formation and from a tactical standpoint, whether Benazay is on the right or the left, does he play the full 90 minutes and what, what is Nomley doing in the midfield next to a Jack Price and a Kellen Acosta. Um, and in terms of my predictions, I apologize for being a total homer in here guys, but it's MLS, you know, it's early MLS season. And I think it's really, really easy for a good defensive team with a good D mid and a couple good center backs, just bunker, play ugly soccer and get out of there with a one, one draw. So I think the wrap, will come out in a flat 4-4-2, be very uninspiring, and the Rapids will find a way to Benny ball their way to um, a result on the road that they will absolutely take to the bank going home. So, so you're going with a win, my friend. Get, get uh, us, no, 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, right, one, one draw. Okay, all right, one, that's one, fine. That, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You can and go to – I don't know if you're coming to the game. You can go to Caesar Sportsbooks and play, place, place that bet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's some sort of rule where if – uh, two teams play Benny ball against each other, uh, a hole in the universe tears and all of us get sucked in. Or Okay, so I, I look forward to the destruction of Audi Field on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> it, will be, it will be all because of all because of defensive tactics in an MLS game. That's that's the way it goes. Or I was gonna say the other option aside, you know, our our inevitable and complete destruction is a six five thriller uh just happening in sort of a in, in contradiction and in spite of all that we know. So those are the That would be that would be very MLS and I think certainly although you guys would have to do some rebranding then because I assume if Audi Field gets destroyed you aren't gonna be RFK refugees if you have to move back <laughs> to RFK. True. True. We got to make sure well, that we park that domain. I don't know if we've done it yet, but we got to do. We got to make sure that we get on that. Uh, R- okay, get get on that. R- RFK is done, son. By the way, they they have already moved out. There is there is lead in the. I don't know if you went to a game at RFK. Anytime. I was at I was at last call at RFK. Okay, actually. you might want to talk to your doctor and make sure you don't have any lead poisoning because apparently there was lead based paint. That's why they had to move out. So <laughs> just go okay. go go get checked. Just go get checked. I don't know. We might, okay. we might look back in thirty years and be like, wow, the cancer rate amongst soccer fans is really high in dc what the what does that have to do with wouldn't that be right. <laughs> doctor's visit and a 6-5 thriller on saturday i'll take it all right sounds like i'm going to nothing dc that's that's my prediction for the game um matt thanks so much for joining us my friend uh tell the good people where they can find you uh you can find me on twitter at lws matt pollard and if you want anything rapids related um at rapids 96 podcast you know we'll be doing our show me and mark uh probably on thursday we'll be doing obviously the reverse fixture um you know viewing uh the rapids perspective of colorado rapids taking on dc united and looking at the team all season long and then if you want any of my written musings rapids related or otherwise last word on soccer.com cool thanks so much matt really appreciate it 
Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. I'm gonna I'm gonna just have my own Jonathan Lewis focused podcast about why can't he break through. I don't know why I choose players. I chose Santino Caranta in a similar way. I was like, you know what? He's just not getting a shake that he deserves. <laughs> I, I see something that other people don't see. And uh, with Jonathan Lewis, that is absolutely the uh, the story. I think plenty of analytics people see it, and he's been talked about a lot. So I just it's just kind of. I'm very analytically minded. Anybody listening to this show knows that I know all of the analytics for soccer. Yeah. And I know expected uh, goals, and that's, that's about it. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens in this game. I'm curious, like, what the, the 96, like, what they're going to do for, like, their history in, like, 1996. And MLS, you know, I guess they, they did win an MLS Cup under Coach Gary Smith. But that is largely referred to. You know, SB Nation does, like, the worst, like, MLS Cups. Like, you know, they do, like, the worst, like, they do, like, worst videos, which are always fun to watch. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I know that was sure a special memory for you. And, you know, cherish it, my friend. But that MLS MLS Cup between FC Dallas and Colorado is the worst MLS Cup ever played. And it was so bad, so bad that it forced MLS to say, you know what? We should just have the higher seat host so we have really big crowds. <laughs> wasn't, didn't Dominic, was it Dominic Baji that scored the winner and tore his ACL on the goal? Possibly, I know I there was like I know there was, was I know there was an own goal from FC Dallas in that game too. That happened as well. I'm sure we can. I'm sure our listeners will correct. It was one of their players uh, tore his tore his ACL uh, yeah. while scoring. And now Gary Smith is back coaching in MLS in Nashville, so that should be that should be all kinds of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess anything like DC, I know we did a lot of Colorado in this game. I mean, I think it's like the real, the only real question for this, for this game coming into it, you know, not really what formation this team's going to play, even though they did throw out a four, three, three in that game. I mean, it was listed as a four, three, three, um, with Segura playing a little bit more advanced. Um, I, I'll tell you now, you know, who just became a much more important player. It's Ulysses Segura before he was kind of like, maybe he's the bench guy. Maybe he's coming, you know, maybe he makes a couple of appearances, but you know, the talent in the midfield has really kind of pushed him to the side he's a very important player for this team this year um i think he's incredibly important and in fact i i am i am a maybe he might be like my leonard pahoy from 2012 like the guy everybody just loves to hate on but i'm like no he serves a value he serves a purpose uh he's not the most you know uh clinical person to call in to talk about it but uh he, he certainly does exist uh, john i i, I will put the number he to call in i wanted to i wanted to make sure brian's uh brian's uh Stuff he did for this show to make this look awesome doesn't look awesome, guys. In this, hasn't this been like highly produced professional show? We got the hardwired connection. We got like we're able to actually do things. The stream looks pretty good, considering we're running this on like paper clips and, and rubber bands. You know, I just want to say um, hats off to producer Brian for what he did. He did an awesome job. Um, yep. Okay, I wanted to make sure. I want to make sure all these get their due. And uh, call us two hundred two. 905-0454. I almost forgot the number. <laughs> Not oh, quite. We get too many calls. So yeah. once again, that's 202-905-0454. You can, you can see it right there at the bottom of the screen. I forgot to press the little transition button. Right there. Right there at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Call us in. There we, go. Call. We, got some, we got some additional comments on, on, the, on the YouTubes. Fire away. Did you hear about the defensive midfielder they're possibly trying to sign? We did. Uh, we did. We did. We tweeted about it. Uh, so, so we know that he played for the crew. We know he's playing at Valoranga now. Uh, you may remember Valoranga. Valoranga as the Troy Troy Perkins team uh, in Norway. I think in Norway. Is that, I believe that's correct. Um, still plays for the Ghanaian national team. I don't have his name in front of me. It is uh, Mohamed Abu. So he plays for the Ghanaian national team. Twenty eight years old, defensive midfielder. 
here's what that should tell you if it tells you anything. Uh, Russell Knauss is your right back uh, all season a- until the wheels fall off. He, he That's where he's going to be. They need to cover a defensive midfielder because right now they've got two players for those two spots. And uh, and Chris Durkin's not coming back, yeah. So so they they had to get they had to get a body in there. They're not. Done, I really don't think they're done. We have enough. We have enough holes elsewhere that they uh, certainly know about. And I think that was. I think even said if you looked at different quotes um, post Ariola injury from Dave Casper, uh, they are aware that they they need to sign more players. So that's. I think that's going to continue to happen. We would have all been much happier if they had the full complement of the team in camp for preseason and had a chance to get ready to play. But that's just not the way this is going. So it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna be a work in progress until we're not anymore. I think that's the deal. And the, and the team does have till May. And let's be clear, they got they have till May. I think they're maybe still waiting to see what happens with that French side and whether they get relegated. And then he's like, well, I got a contract on the table, so from from an MLS. So why don't you go ahead and sign it? Um, you know, I think the defensive mid. The only thing that's interesting about the defensive mid is that pretty much means Russell Canales is going to be a right back. Um, I think that's pretty much going to happen. And. I'm okay with it as long as as long as Russell's okay with it. Um, so we have a caller coming in. Uh, so producer, please send him into the call. Send him in to the studio. We actually have a caller. We were so I could see like John's eyes just light up as we had a caller. Welcome Speaking to our. Graphic. We have Patrick on the phone. Wants to talk about sportsbook in the stadium. Patrick, go right ahead, my friend. Hey guys, I uh, was talking to the uh, season ticket rep uh, about two weeks ago, and he said that. Uh, sports betting should be there by opening day. I haven't seen any other news on that. Um, so wondering if you guys have heard anything. And also, how do you guys think that's going to affect the uh, the game day experience uh, at Audi Field, being able to, to bet during and before the game? Uh, yeah, good. I was going to say, so uh, what we know about it, and we, we talked about it a little bit on last week's show, but uh, what we know about it is they're going to have a sports book uh, under the stand, uh, under the large stand with the roof, uh, that's going to have that's going to be open both on game days and not game days. And the the hope is that they'll finish that by the time the season starts, which you know is in Saturday. So that I haven't been there, I haven't been there recently, but they're they've definitely got to have crews working on to make that happen. How do I think that changes the game day experience? I think you're going to see a lot more. And I I read the the press release for the for the Caesars, um, like the partnership they have, the jersey sponsorship. They said a lot. The words "game day activations" and "in-game activations" were were used. So, what I would expect that that means is, if you watch, I'm sure a lot of people here watch the EPL, uh, and on the light boards, there's a lot of stuff about bets that are going on. There's a lot of information about odds, live odds on next to score, and all that stuff. Um, I think the good thing about that stuff is you you don't have to do it. You you can avoid it. Um, you don't have to get involved in it. It's an opportunity for people who only get engaged in sports when there's money on the line. There are people like that. Um, so you're, hope, you're you're capturing a new group of people. It will be funny to me if all of a sudden there's a large group of people in D.C. that just want to bet MLS that weren't MLS fans before and then get really mad about like like goal spread and like somebody scores a goal <laughs> uh, like the one goal it's a four it's a four nothing game and they score the goal against it and then they go insane and you hear people yelling underneath the stands that would be highly amusing to me yeah that would that would be that and would, then, and, go ahead and then introducing VAR to the uh, equation too yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I'm looking forward to it. I, I might I, I might peek in if it, if it is open opening day. I know the people said season ticket reps have told um, a lot of season ticket reps also said the roof was going to be finished 
by last season. And so I, I kind of have taken a believe it when I see it type scenario with, with some of this. Um, but I, I mean, if it's open, I'm going to walk in there. I might, you know, see what the odds are on DC winning MLS cup, place a $10 bet just to, you know, put something down and maybe win some money in the process. And then, you know, maybe I'll get a little more into it. Maybe I'll bet on the score of this game. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll have you all vote on what I think, what I should bet the score would be. I think too, I think you might see the line on DC move because I guarantee you nationwide, there aren't enough people otherwise yeah. who DC to win. And that now that there's an opportunity to just easily do it, that I think we might move the money line. So that would be interesting yeah. to watch too. And then if they're really bad, you can go in and bet ten dollars on them losing. Like it's like twenty thirteen all over again. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. It's a great hedge when you go to a game. So put twenty twenty to lose, and then if you go win, you're like, hey, we won. And if you lost, you're like, well, it was like it was free. It's fine. It's not yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you got, Patrick? Uh, the other thing I would note is that uh, the DC Lottery is coming out with their own mobile app. Uh, for betting too um, and that's supposed to be coming out in the next couple months too so uh, you know I think the ease of use here is going to change a lot of things not just on DC United games but uh, across the city for for all sports yeah I think that's only something that's going to develop I'm looking forward to it here in um, as soon as I can bet on kickers then I will know things have gone way over the deep end let me just say uh, thanks so much for calling in Patrick uh, check us out you're going to be at the at the tailgates for the game yeah it's going to be cold on Saturday <laughs> bring your uh, your hand warmers <laughs> we will we'll be we'll be inside at the, at the Henson Center so come say hi and it'll be nice and toasty at least for a few minutes when you're in there awesome see you guys see ya thanks Cool, man. We got a call already. This is like going fantastic. We got this like awesome stream quality. I'm just, I'm over the moon right now of how awesome this has gone. It's happy. We've got some more chat questions. Uh, Fireman. DCU TV says, uh, what are the implications for O'Neill Fisher uh, and coming back into the side? No idea what his timetable is. He has been a fixture in the preseason matches, I believe. He's certainly been in the, he's been on the benches and I think he's played a little bit. They're going to slowly bring him back. I think it's best when you have a player that has spent a full year plus uh, out uh, with with subsequent complications of injury, multiple surgeries, uh, that even though he's fit, it's going to take a long time to get game fitness. So uh, it would not surprise me if you saw him make an appearance at Loudoun uh, once or twice just to get game speed back up because he'll need it. I still think he's the most likely off the bench for Knauss. Knauss is going to play, like I said, I think going to play most of the games right back. Um, barring injury, barring anything else. Um, knock on wood. Knock, yes. knock on wood. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a different game for him, right? Like, yeah. if he, as, as a right back on this team, he's going to run a lot more uh, than he was in his previous position. So, you know, he looked prayers for his hamstrings. And, and I mean, his, his moving to right back saved last season. And I, I say saved in the sense that this team was careening out of the playoffs. It was looking like the season was over. Um, and, and it was like, we were about ready to finish like eighth or ninth and Rooney was leaving and it was going to be like, what the heck is going to be going on? Um, and you know, he, he moving him to right back, he played really well there. So I'm not mad about it, I guess. I think he has an ability to be more offensive in that position that I think many people maybe want to give him credit for. Um, as a defensive midfielder, I'm sure he would love to play right back, but he also wants to be on the field. And when you also have, um, junior Moreno playing really well and you, 
And Felipe coming in and playing really well. Captain Captain Felipe. Captain Felipe. There's competition, and you gotta adapt. And if you if you tell me uh, either you're you know if you say nope, I'm playing defense mid. Ben's gonna be like, all right, well you're sitting on the bench because we got Felipe and uh, and Moreno. So it's either sit on the bench or play, and I'm sure he wants to play. So and it shows versatility on his front, which increases his value as he shows better in in right back. It increases his versatility, increases his teams willing to go out and buy him. I think that's what got Andy Nahar so interested was that not only was he able to develop these skills to play an attacking position, but he also went back and played right back and was very good at right back. So um, we, got a, we got a question from Jesse Leifert. Who do you think logs the most minutes this year for DC United? Uh, Yao, Paredes, or, or Neiman? Or Nyman? Probably Griffin Yao, just because okay. he's, he's, he's been here a year and he's – He's been a part of the team for a year, um, and he and he's has professional experience. I'll be very curious to see what his strength is if he's worked on building that up a little bit um, and being you know not somebody who's just going to get pushed off the ball every play, um, pretty much. So and you know you get those jitters out. I, I think we'll see him more more often, especially now that Ariel is down. I think he f- slots kind of right in as potentially uh, that that backup uh, for either Segura or Assad. I think two things at play here. Ryan Martin did talk about if you haven't had a chance to listen to our uh, episode last week, we had a great interview with Ryan Martin talking about uh, Loudon and the players who are sort of on the fringe uh, for both teams. Uh, he brought up Griffin Yao as sort of the player who needed to get a little bit stronger. And same for Moses Nyman. Moses Nyman, very slight. He's very small and slight at the moment. He's 15, I think. So maybe 16. So uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but uh, in an interview, Ben Olsen uh, was asked about Paredes and said that he's just a different kind of player. He plays well beyond his years, uh, that he could see himself giving him some game time this season. Griffin Yao should play more often based on the fact, like like Ted said, already was in the picture a little bit for, for a brief time. He plays a position that has been hit a little bit by injury, uh, but it would be interesting to see what the team needs. Um, Paredes has, a, has an opportunity to play probably about as much as Yao did last year and hopefully play a lot in Loudon. As we talked about last week, we want these guys to be playing major minutes at Loudon and not just sitting and making up the 18 on the away games, FC Dallas in July because they need bodies that would frustrate me and make me angry. And I think that Ryan Martin and Ben Olsen have come to some sort of an agreement on that uh, going forward. So I think uh, I didn't answer the question. Griffin Yao, I think will have the most minutes, I think, but Paredes will have more, um, than than we would have thought. I don't think I think I think uh, Nyman's not not there yet. I think he's skill wise there. He looks very good against uh, grown men in Loudon. Uh, I just don't think. I, I just can't see. I can't see that happening uh, from the team's perspective at the moment. M. Uh, Rickling says depth on a scale from fatal to not ideal. How bad is it? Why don't we have more proven players at forward or in defense who can contribute at this point? I'm going with at this point. I'm going. I'm going with not ideal. Um, I mean, it's clearly not ideal. We've talked about. You know, I would love to. I would love. I'm sure we would love to have a full complement of roster players, of players out there, and 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 we're ready to go. Um, it, it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't always work that way. And you know, time. It takes time to make deals. It takes time to bring players in, get players interested. Not everybody's operating, and particularly with MLS, the rest of the world is not operating on the same clock. 
Um, the rest of the world is operating on the, the January windows closed. If you want to buy a player, we got to make sure we got, we know we have that replacement in there and we're coming down to the tail end of our season. You know, maybe we're vying for, you know, a champions league position in some of the smaller leagues. Maybe we're fighting relegation. Um, the, the rest of the league doesn't operate and, you know, it, trades within the league are kind of dried up as well. Um, I think they're going to bring pe- players in. Um, I think they're going to, to get people into the, get players in. I think we do need to kind of like take a take a quick breather maybe and just kind of relax and you know I think we've got enough to get by in the next couple of weeks and uh, and just kind of and kind of go from there. Um, the schedule is pretty pretty generous to DC to open up two home games, one against uh, obviously Colorado and then uh, one against Inter Miami and then I think their first road game is FC Cincinnati. Um, so teams that certainly are are you know they brought in talent. Uh, but there's a lot to saying bringing in talent and also getting it to fit together. Um, and I think since he's that, that's the case. And certainly Inter Miami has got a lot of new players they just brought in, um, so they don't have the time. And I think we're getting Inter Miami at a good time um, that we can that we can sort of make a difference. And hopefully the field looks good. I'm, I'm I that that's going to be my like thing to watch is going to be how does the field look? How does it how does it appear? They uh, also said at the Screaming Eagles event that that they have two hundred fifty thousand dollars of sod sitting at a. Uh sitting at a sod farm ready to go as soon as they need it. So they're not, they don't seem concerned um, for, for this weekend or really going forward. And, and, and regardless of how the field looks, the field could look like a, a goat ranch out there. You hold on to that sod until the defenders are done. And then you roll out that sod when you're ready. I mean, I, I don't expect to see it. I, I mean, from what I've gathered, I've, I've, I've um, one of the uh, uh, guys who used to be sort of a field guy for the Richmond kickers is actually working for DC. He told me after the first game, he said after the first game that things are fine, things look good, it looked better than he better better than they expected. Um, and now they're sort of we've seen pictures. They're sort of you know covering up the field. They've got two weeks to recover it, um, and you know the teams get money for it, and the teams get paid for it, and they're getting exposure out to Audi Field. You know people, you know it also impacts when you got a million people watching defenders games out there. And you've got, you know, concerts and events saying like, wow, that stadium looks really cool. Maybe we need to call and see if we can book a book an event there. Um, that actually has a huge impact. And I think having those games out there is 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 significant because people get to see the stadium. People want to come out to the stadium more, too. So it's not just the the money that DC's getting. And there's a lot of exposure, I think, that goes with having Naughty Field there. Because if taxpayers are going to front $150 million for a stadium, it better be used for as many events as you possibly can. I mean, as many as you can. In, in the 10 seconds of RFK Refugees DC Defenders talk, uh, it, it, if they're going to play as bad as they did in LA this this, this <laughs> past weekend, it's unlikely that their season will extend into playoffs. Uh, so if uh, DC Defenders fans, also, the other thing I'll say about the DC Defenders thing is they have this, uh, if you've not been following, and I would not blame you if you had, but for some reason I really like it, they have a uh, beer cup snake that they run the entire length of the <laughs> standing supporters group section, which pretty cool gotta say gotta, gotta like that as a as a very an instant tradition that they've got so yeah yeah up for that anyway that was it was fun it was it was certainly it was I've, I've enjoyed watching i've put on the games you know when i've got stuff to do and there's nothing else i really am interested in watching it's fun to have on i i admit it 100 percent. and um i think they've they have washed away the old uh the old F- xfl uh we've got a question on twitter from jeff taylor um we sort of talked about this a little bit, but I think that we can we can resolve this too. Do you think that DC United's pending uh, addition of sports betting will have will a grow the fan base, b increase game day attendance, c affect uh, or attract any new and different customer segments, and d have any negative downsides? I think we talked about the new fans that might come into this space. I think it's 
they're the first to market, right? Like they'll be the first one to do it. I don't think the nationals are going to do it. Um, I know the caps, I know that there will be something at um, Capital One Arena at some point, but we'll be the first in, in place. So if people will want to come, come do something like that, they got to come to Audi Field. So I think it, it could attract some new people. I think that the fact that they're going to have a uh, facility open non-game days is great. I think that's very good. I think if you come to Audi Field for things that are not games on just a regular week to watch game, to watch, to go to the sports book and place bets and watch, I think that only gives you an affinity to want to come check out more uh, more events here. So I think that's good. I, I particularly, um, you know, in an environment in which I'm still getting solicitations for single game tickets for the opener uh, less than a week out mm-hmm. and still getting lots of solicitations about becoming a season ticket holder again. Uh, we need all the butts and seats we can get. So I'm, I'm for this. There are, you know, there are general, generally questions about like negative externalities of sports betting and like what that sort of uh, unsavory element it can bring to an atmosphere or um, gambling addiction, all the, all the things that could, you know, could conceivably uh, occur with, with gambling. I, I think, I think that's a wait and see. I think overall this is a generally a positive. I think this is a moneymaker. I think this is a uh, gives some gives some new eyeballs and new new butts in the door, uh, and that's what the team needs a lot of right now. And you know, if it turns out to be, I would say if it turns out to be negative, that the team may may look to address it. But I think in, I think honestly that uh, once once you open the door on this stuff, it's open forever. So th- so if if something bad does occur from this, or if it negative negatively impacts the uh, game day experience. As long as it's making money, they're going to keep doing it. So mm-hmm. this is our new reality. We welcome our new gambling overlords. <laughs> we hope that it's good. And if it's not good, it's it's still going to be. So we've just got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I come from the perspective of, you know, obviously there, there's a lot of issues and addictions to gambling. There's people that get – there's people that, that will uh, – that, you know, go to Las Vegas and do things. But, you know, it's it's a matter of, of choice and, and there's plenty of things that are that are legal in this country that people get uh, that have addictions to or, or have, have little self-control over. Uh, as long as it's controlled, as long as it's, you know, it's it's fully legal, I, I personally don't have a problem with sports gambling. It's something I've wanted to, like, do a little bit and partake in a little bit. Um, you know, going into a game and, you know, the idea of, the idea of, like, at halftime it's 2-1 – Colorado and thinking, can DC, do I think DC can come back? All right, here's, you know, I'll put $10 on them coming back and I get odds on that or, or things like that. I mean, that could be some fun, you know, stuff that happens in the game or I bet on goal scores and who's going to go score a goal in the game and bet like, you know, Bill Hamid scores a goal or something like that. Something crazy. Bet odds on that one probably. But that, yeah, I would go in and bet like if the odds were like a hundred to one, I'd go in and bet like $3 or something like that just to like on Bill Hamid scoring a goal. And if it happens, like, you know. Yeah, imagine Raping if you words. had placed a, a, a bet on a Zamboni driver playing goalie and getting the win <laughs> in the NHL game this last weekend. Probably would pay out pretty well. That would have been crazy. Uh, we got a question here from the chat. Albert DeLeon asked, how was Colorado's offseason? Uh, Colorado lost to the Galaxy 2-1, to tied Toronto in uh, 1-1 in a shortened, rain-shortened game, beat Chicago 4-2. I believe they beat a USL team 4 nothing. So uh, up and down. Generally not predictive of anything. I think overall, uh, at least from a, from a results perspective, uh, it sounded it sounded like so. There's some positivity. There's some positive vibes coming from our from our guests about sort of uh, what this team is looking like. Yeah, surprise them as that. Yeah, I mean that, and and he was like that. You know, he's been like that several years, and um, I'm I Colorado tends for me tends to be the team that I I dis I, I dislike because I dislike the owner. 
Um, I think the you look at all these. If you want to talk about bad NFL, bad MLS owners, everybody loves to talk about. Uh, Robert Kraft gets all the attention. Is like a bad MLS owner. Like, oh, he's terrible. He's awful. Well, now he's spending money. Now he's actually investing a little bit in his club. They still, they're still out there playing at Gillette Stadium, and that's bad. I look at Colorado, and I'm like, why? Did, why is it Sam Kroenke gets a pass? Everybody talks about how bad of an owner he is for Arsenal, but he gets a pass with the Rapids, and that's because no one knows he owns the Rapids. Like that. That's the thing about the about about the Rapids is is you don't know he's the owner. People, you ask people what what teams is Sam. You say name the four teams Sam Crockett owns. People could be the Rams, Arsenal, the Avalanche, and they'd be like, "Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have no, I have no idea who who he owns." And that's my biggest problem is that it's not that they're like, it's it's not that it's just that it's very clear they have a stadium out there, they have a facility, and there just isn't. You're seeing all this spending going on, and it's like you have the money to go out and do this. You're making gobs of money on your L.A. Rams now out in L.A., probably making more than when they were in St. Louis. You've got, you know, the you got Arsenal, which is still probably reaping in some money for you. Go out and spend the money. And we need more owners like like Arthur Blank, like Robert Kraft in this league than we need Sam Kroenke's because Sam Kroenke has been one of the most disappointing and just absolutely awful owners. Um, so I, I want to beat this team. I want to beat Colorado. I want to beat them badly. I don't know. I have, a, I have a friend whose husband was interviewing with the Colorado Rapids this offseason, uh, and I was quasi hoping that he could get the job just so I could have inside, uh, you know, inside information onto how a team that everyone presumes is operating at a very cheap level actually operates, like similar to the apocryphal RFK days of getting the free bagels taken away from the from the team uh, breakfasts. Really want to know what that's like. He didn't get the job, but uh, overall, they're they do have a reputation. Uh, if you think if you think being a DC United fan post 2014 is challenging, boy, I mean they won a they won a title uh, in the last you know some amount. When did they win? 2012, 2010, 2010. So wow, ten years ago, um, they wow, geez, time is moving so fast. <laughs> it was ten years oh, ago. It was ten years I ago. I hate that so much. Um, but yeah, like you know, it's been rough. It's been rough for us. But overall, aside well, from the anomalous MLS Cup win, that it's been pretty rough for them too. So. Well, I mean, you look at you look at when DC's won cups: ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, uh, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety nine, two thousand four. They played a they played a brand of soccer. They played a soccer that people talk about. People talk about those teams. People talk about Colorado. They're like, how the heck did that Colorado team win a cup? There was nothing exciting, nothing interesting. They didn't they didn't play a style that you waked up you woke up every day and 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 said, wow, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, so you know, it's just like their cup win was kind of. Uh, and then it also was prefaced with the fact that Toronto fans showed up at the first half and then left in the second half. So the like the whole crowd was dead. And like I said, that'll be remembered as the the last that was the last neutral site MLS Cup because it was so bad and there was no energy or anything in the stadium that MLS said, "You know what? Let's just give the higher seed the host. We'll bite the bullet on productions and and hotels and a lot of the other events we do at MLS Cup. Let's move it to the All-Star game." And you know, let's let, let's 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 come up with something else. So anyway, um i guess that's uh that's it i don't think uh do you have anything else you want to say no uh if you join the stream we appreciate it we are now literally streaming on all of the platforms i made jokes about uh <laughs> friendster and uh ask jeeves today on twitter <laughs> but literally we're on we're on twitch i don't know if you watch things on twitch but if you wanted to it's there uh we're on, I'm on we're on instagram now make sure you follow the account if you're following us everywhere else i'm endeavoring to make that uh 
interesting. There is if you're not following at DCU TV, who is in the chat right now, I want to give him I want to give him some props. Uh, he is the only uh, DC United meme account that I know of, and he's he does a good job. He's got some good <laughs> memes. So if you're into that, check him out. But also follow at RFK Refugees on Instagram. And I will plug once again, we are going to be at the Screaming Eagles tailgate on Saturday morning, uh, starting, I think we're going to go live at 1030, I think is our plan. Um, but we'll be there a little bit ahead of time. They open doors at 10. I will be furiously uh, drinking beer at 10 o'clock so that I'm nice and relaxed for the 1030 start. Maybe we'll see. Generally, I don't do well with that sort of Trust thing. me, we're, we're both just as horrifying in person as we appear on this YouTube stream. Oh, yeah. No, it's worse. <laughs> it's actually worse. It's, it's much more HD in person. So you know, we don't have it. The filters aren't on in, in person. Yeah. So uh, come say hi. We're going to have a we're going to have a we're going to have some swag. Uh, we're going to have some very weird swag. I think I got some coasters with our with our with our logo on it. So that'd be cool. You can have a coaster. Come say hi. Um, and, uh, you know, We'll see how it goes. This is the first time we've done a live podcast, so bear with us. And then we will probably, uh, I think we'll probably have it up posted up for everyone who doesn't go, you know, the next day. So it'll, we'll have that there. Um, I want to make sure that I promote our uh, Patreon page. We are, ser- this time we're serious. We're going to get better about it. We have some plans uh, to make it a little bit more interesting and give you a more value. So check that out if you want. Uh, Patreon.com slash RFK Refugees. Um, give it any level, give it no level, subscribe and tell your friends about us, rate, rate us on YouTube or not rate us on, you know, subscribe on YouTube, but also, um, rate us on iTunes and say you like us and give us five stars. That's all, all ways you can, uh, help the show out, uh, at, you know, with money or no. Yes. Come, come, come hither and give us money and help us grow the show. I think that's been the big thing. Y'all been awesome about that. And, uh, come, come see us, uh, come see us in person and maybe that'll, maybe that'll inspire you. Maybe it'll scare you away. We don't know. Right. We don't know. It's, it's impossible to tell <laughs> Impo- how you react. It's 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 certainly impossible to tell. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening in. Uh, thank you so much to our producer Brian for doing an awesome job, kind of getting us together and doing a lot of the technical things and 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 uh, graphic art things that I neither John or I are very skilled at. You would be looking at like block lettering and like you know if it were for MS Paint uh, renderings <laughs> of our logo. Yes, in the background too. No, like you know, yeah, we, we would have to be doing a bunch of other things. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, you guys are awesome, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos, vamos. Oh, you so